Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go in our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1. I said Hebrews chapter 1. Let's go there. And... um, We'll, we'll just read it. we got a few scriptures that we're going to read tonight, perhaps, but we'll start here. Hebrews chapter 1, and, um, and let's, I, I want to I just begin reading at verse 13. We're going to read 13 and 14. You, are you ready now? Yeah. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible says, uh, To which of the angels said he at any time, sit... On my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. You know, angels, they don't, they don't sit. Are you with me now? Well, why? Because they're servants. I, I remember one time I, when I was 20 years old, I was working a job. Uh, and me and another guy were up on a roof working. And he, took, he sat down to take a break. And the boss pulled in when he was sitting down to take a break. And he, and he fired him. <laughs> for sitting on the job. Well, I mean, there's no angels going to get fired, right? Amen. And so, you know, really, I just figured, you know, I was new on the job. I was a newbie, so I didn't know. I thought, well, maybe the boss wanted to get rid of him anyway, and that was just a good reason, you know. But anyway, angels aren't sitting, amen? He says, are they not all? How many of them? They're all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Or the word ministering, you know, that's a real religious word. It's a good word, but, you know, it just means serving or it means helping. So the angels are sent forth to help us who are the heirs of salvation. Well, what are they going to help us with? Well, you know, when you look at the Bible... There's all kinds of things that they help people with throughout the Bible. I mean, from the natural to, you know, deliverance and, 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 and to the spiritual. Uh, there, didn't, there, does, there doesn't seem to be any parameters on it in the Bible. And, uh, you know, why uh, this, this happened to me back in t- uh, January of 2003, the Lord was dealing with me to, to teach on angels in, in, in the church, a series. And um, maybe it was just a, a, a one-time teaching. I can't remember now. But, and I was kind of reluctant because I was telling the Lord, said, I just, I've taught about angels. I did a series on angels. I did eight weeks or something like that on angels. And, and I thought, you know, I don't know that we really need that right now, Lord. And so being much smarter than the Lord... Um, I still didn't convince him. How many know he knows what's going on? He's much smarter than we are, right? You know, one, one seasoned minister said this. He said, all, in all my years of ministry, the greatest thing I ever learned is that God's smarter than I am. That's a good thing to learn. But I will never forget I had a, I, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't want to sound too spiritual or too, too uh, mystic, but I really had a supernatural encounter with the Lord during that prayer time. Now, no, he didn't show up, and no, I didn't hear any voice from heaven, but I heard his voice inside of me. If you've ever experienced that, and I'm, I would, I imagine most everybody has, where you, you, you heard something inside of you, and it was like words, and it was strong, and you knew this was God talking to you. Because you have a, you have a spirit man on the inside of you, amen? And he's born again, and he's in connection with God, amen? And uh, he said some things to me. He said this to me because I was reluctant, but, but he spoke to me and he said, I want you to teach my people about my angels because my angels want to be very, listen to this now, very active in their lives in these last days. Now that, I'm, and there's some more I'm going to read here, but just stop right there and think about that when he said, I want you to teach my people about my angels because my angels want to be very active in their lives in these last days. Now that right there would say to me, and this isn't Bible, this is just what I heard, but that would say to me that they could be hindered if we didn't do the right things. Now you have to, now I had to have scripture for that because when God was getting ready to send Israel into the, into the promised land, he, he told them, he said, I'm sending an angel before you to bring you into the place, to keep you and bring you into the place which I have for you. Didn't he say that? 
Didn't he say, I'm sending an angel to get you in there. Beware of him, provoke him not, obey his voice. And he went on to say some other things. Now, did that group get in? No, they didn't get in. Even though God sent an angel to get them in, they didn't get in because if you read on, the Bible says in Isaiah 63, they grieved the Holy Spirit. They provoked the angel. They didn't obey. They, they didn't have any faith about them. And the angel wasn't able to bring them in because of their unbelief. Amen. Now, he went on to say, he said, my people need to walk in the reality of what angels can do in their life. And then he said this, and I'll explain this. He said, there's going to be a great influx of angels. Now, considering this was 20 years ago, okay, there's going to be a great influx of angels. Now, what I knew, I knew what he meant by that, but I'll explain it to you. He wasn't saying, I'm going to make a bunch more angels. All right. What he was saying was, there's going to be more activity of them in the earth. In manifestation. Amen. Now, I read this in Hebrews because this is part of our inheritance, the ministry of angels. And uh, they're here to help us. Amen. And uh, in the Bible, there's over... Now, think about this, because when you talk about angels, you know, sometimes people think, well, that's a weird subject. No, listen now. There's over 104 appearances in the Bible of angels. In other words, in the Word of God, it records that they appeared to people 104 times. That's a lot. They're mentioned over 300 times. I remember hearing a story years ago about a, a, a seasoned minister. He was talking about in their denomination, he said they had one brother that claimed he saw an angel. And uh, the elders uh, and the leaders of the denomination called him in and had a meeting with him, and they were deciding that they were going to pull his papers because he said he saw an angel. They had a, another minister there, it, part of their company, their denomination, very seasoned minister, very well respected, great Bible teacher, and they would turn to him and they said, well, what do you think about this? You haven't spoken up yet. He said, brothers, it doesn't bother me a bit that one of our brethren has seen an angel. He said, what bothers me is more of them aren't seeing them. So they decided to table it and let the guy keep his license. In other words, and, and I like what he said, have you got anything better in the place of this to give us? God gave us angels. You got something better to give us? Right? Now, certainly, I don't believe everybody that says, I saw an angel. You know, you get people that see 14 angels before breakfast. They're just goofy. How many know that? But yet, at the same time, it's, it, it, you know, it is a very possibility because they're working in the earth. Amen. And they're helping us. You know, John said it like this. I love this. John said in Revelation chapter 5, he said, I saw before the throne. He said there were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands of angels before the throne when he was up in heaven. And uh, he saw those angels there. And... Uh, you know, when you study that out, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, it just is, it's just a Hebraism for an indefinite number. There were so many, you couldn't count them. One minister, prophetic minister, prophecy minister, Dr. Hilton Sutton, one time did all this and put the Greek together and ran it together. He came up with they were, the, 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 the possible number that John saw was 100 trillion. Did y'all hear that? If you break that down to every man, woman, boy, and girl on the earth, we could have 20,000 apiece. And the way some of you drive, it might take that many. Now, what I want to talk about tonight is this. I want to talk about angels and provision and how angels can get involved in bringing provision into our lives when we need it. And there's, you know, if you've been in the foreign lands, you know, and you've really seen places of poverty. We talk about poverty in America, but I'm telling you, we, we you know, for the most part, we don't know what we're talking about. Are you listening now? We got poor people that have cell phones and credit cards and everything else. And uh, they consider them poor because they don't have as much as maybe somebody else does, but they're still eating. And, you know, they're, if you're overweight, you don't know what poverty is. Sorry to be so blunt. I'm not a poor person, can you tell? The fat is of the Lord. That's in the Bible. And, uh, 
You know, I always like this, you know, people talk about healthy food. I always like the one in Nehemiah, eat the fat, drink the sweet. I think, praise God, there's a scripture for me right there. Nehemiah 8.10. And, uh, but anyway, you don't want to do that too often. But anyway, but what I want to say to you is when you, when you see poverty, when you go in, in places where it's real poverty, some of you have been there, some of you have been in the foreign countries, but when you go to places that there's real poverty, there is absolutely no doubt in your mind that the devil's behind this. There's no doubt. It's demonic. And you realize there are spirits that are behind that. Now, how many you know the devil has... Evil spirits that work for him, doesn't he? The Bible talks about unclean spirits, deaf spirits, dumb spirits, spirits of infirmity, etc. Well, how many know the devil just copied what God already had? God's got spirits working for him, and they're angel spirits, praise God. They're angels, see? And so just like there's spirits that the devil has that bring certain types of sickness on people. That's in the Bible. Well, I think God's got angels that do specific jobs at times. And I think He's got angels that help us in the natural realm with, with finances. Hallelujah. And finances isn't a bad thing. How many know that? Well, think about this. You know, the prophet Elijah, you know, he has this confrontation with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove and kills like all of them, you know. And then one, one, one woman, the Avon lady, Jezebel. You know, the Bible says she painted her face, and that's fine. We like that. But, uh, but my point is, is she said, uh, you know, when she found out, she said, God, God do so to me and more. The gods do, not God Almighty. She served for, you know, uh, strange gods. The gods do so and more to me if I don't have your head by tomorrow. And he took off running. I mean, he stands up to all these prophets and runs from one woman. That shows you the power of a woman. They still got us guys running today. Amen. <laughs> Come on, admit it, man. You're, you're more afraid of your wife than you are the guy with all the muscles. Now, now he, he runs, you know, and he runs out of strength and he, he faints. And he's lying there and he's, he's fainted. He's, he's run out of power. And the Bible says an angel showed up and brought provision, brought a cake and brought water. Woke him up, said, eat, you know. And he ate and went back to sleep. And the angel woke him up again, said, eat again. And so, isn't that provision? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, that's provision. Praise God. You know, the Bible talks about Jesus. You know, when he was on the Mount of Temptation, uh, uh, the Bible says that after the devil left, angels came and ministered to him. And Gethsemane said, an angel from heaven came and strengthened him. Amen. And, and, and Matthew talks about when he, he, he told Peter, said, put your sword away. Don't you think I could call to my father and he'd presently give me 12 legion of angels to deliver me from the cross, deliver me from the Romans? He said, this isn't a big deal with my father. If I called on him, I got 12 legions. That's 72,000 angels. I think they'd get the job done. And, and you said, well, that's Jesus. Yeah, but the Bible says we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in Matthew 18.10 that we, that talking about the little ones, it says their angels always do behold the face of the Father. Well, you don't lose your angel because you grew up. Amen. Now, I want you to look that we're, we're in Hebrews 1, but let's go to Hebrews chapter 13 because uh, there, there's a really, really revealing scripture in Hebrews 13. And what we're going to talk about tonight for a while is just how... Angels can help you financially bring provision into your life. Isn't that good news? Well, praise God, I'm quitting my job, Pastor, and I'm not going to work. I'm going to let the angels do that. Everybody say, uh, goofy. Yeah. How many know what the Bible says about people that, you know, that are, you know, I'm talking about people that are retired and stuff like You got to explain everything, you know, but I'm not talking about people who are retired or got issues. But how many know the Bible says, if you don't work, you don't what? Right. See, here's what God said. I will bless everything you put your hand to. That means you got to put your hand to it. Yeah. Amen. And so, you know, they're not, I, I wish it worked that way, don't you? You know, just lay around with the angels, but that's, that's not the way it works. But they, they'll get involved if, if, you're, if you're in a line with the scriptures. Amen. Now, in Hebrews 13, verse 2, the Bible says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares without knowing it. 
Now that verse is powerful. Now why is it so powerful? Because it lets us know they must get involved in our life if, if God would see fit to warn us to be careful and watchful about this. Because you don't know. You don't know, praise the Lord. So what are they doing? Well, obviously they, can, they get involved in our life. And, uh, you know, I don't have time to teach on this. I have teachings on this. I don't think, I don't know if I have any on, available now. But for years I've taught on angels. And when you study the angels, you can find out that they can appear in, they can appear in a toned-down form, like people. But, you know, sometimes when they appeared in the Bible, you know, like Daniel said, all the strength went out of me. Amen. So, so you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't get this mental image of the, that you get from Valentine's Day with this little fat naked baby with an arrow. Forget it. That's Greek mythology. All the angels in the Bible were mighty. And the Bible calls them mighty angels in the New Testament. Amen. And so if you actually see one, you might need huggies. All right. So, but yet, obviously, they can tone it down. Because he said you could entertain one and not even know it. Right? But that reveals to me that they want to get involved and they are involved in our lives and we need to know it because, you know, they could, they could, we could bump into them uh, at times just out in, an, in the natural world doing things. We could bump into them and not even know it. But they're there to help us. Amen. And I have friends that been over in foreign fields have given testimonies of how angels helped them. They didn't even know they were angels until they turned around and boom, they were gone. But thank God they, they're there to help us. Amen. Now, let's go to, uh, like I said, I'm going to look at a few scriptures tonight. But, and I'm not going to go real long. But let's go to Philippians chapter 4 because this is a promise from the Word about finances. We know it, but I want us to read it because there's some things in here that I want to talk about. In, in Philippians ch chapter 4, find that if you would. Um, thank God for the angels. See, there, there's no doubt in my mind. I have absolutely no doubt about that there's poverty angels or poverty demons, not angels. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. There's spirits of poverty that oppress places. And bring, because there, there are some places you go, it's just beyond normal. It's just, this is, this is demonic driven poverty. Um, but just as Satan has demons helping him, how I many know God has angels helping him? And I believe they can help with our provision. The Bible says, like we read the scripture, the first scripture we read, our base scripture, it says that there are ministering spirits sent forth to help us. Well, help us in what areas? Well, all areas. Whatever you need help in. We mean they would get involved in the natural. Well, in Genesis chapter 24, when Abraham was wanting a wife for his son Isaac, he sent his servant to go into foreign lands to, to get a wife for his son Isaac. And he said, the angel whom I serve, the angel of the Lord will go with you and help you. And the servant said, the angel of the Lord prospered, he, he prospered my way and helped me find a wife for Isaac. So, hey, how many know if an angel finds you a mate, that's probably a pretty good mate to have. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, you know, how, how many know angels can work on things like that? You may not know it. You may not see it. There's, like there in Genesis 24, when you read that account of this servant, um, you know, going to get a wife for Isaac, you, you don't see any appearances of angels. But yet at the same time, you see events happening, things being set up, him being in the right place. Uh, Rebecca, is it Rebecca? Yeah, Rebecca, uh, in the right place, being right there when he shows up, saying the right things, doing the right things. I mean, this is all angelic involved bringing this together. And that servant had enough sense and enough spiritual perception to say the angel of the Lord's prospered my way here. He's helped me. Hallelujah. And so... Well, there's just a lot of things we could say about angels, but we're not we're going to teach on that part maybe sometime. But angels get involved. The angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and told him what to do, didn't he? He said, go down to Gaza, go down there. The angel of the Lord told him that. Now, we're not led by angels. We're led by the Spirit of God. But yet, they can bring instructions from God. Amen. Hallelujah. And, that, and when they do, 
you know what? I mean, that, God's doing that to help us. Now, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, well, most, probably all of us here know this scripture. My God, you all know that scripture? Shall supply. So there's a supply for us, right? All of your need according to His riches, notice this, in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, not according to your job, but according to God's riches, or let's say it like this, His resources in glory. Could one of His resources He used to get this to us be angels? I mean, that's one of His resources, right? Amen. I was... Uh, well, how you know everything God put here on the earth? How I many He put it here for us? Didn't He? He He put it here for us. Couldn't He use angels to get it to us? Sure, He could. Well, why doesn't He? Well, uh, once again, uh, our lifestyle has something to do with it. It really does. Uh, what do you mean? Well. You know, one thing the Bible says, the angel of the Lord encamps around about those that fear God. The fear of God. Uh, another thing, and you ought to know this, that one of the biggest factors in having, you know, kingdom help is faith. When you look at the, when you look at, when you look at the, uh, the New Testament stories of the individual healings that happened in Jesus' ministry. I'm talking about individuals. You know, there were times when the, the Bible says uh, multitudes were healed. The multitudes were. But yet, there are individual cases, like the woman with the issue of blood, the, the, you know, the, blind, the blind man, the, the, the man with the palsy, the leper. How many of you follow what I'm saying? So there are individual uh, cases. There's actually really only 19 individual cases in, in, the, in, the, in the Gospels of, of Jesus healing an individual person. Now, there were a lot more people than that got healed, but because the Bible talks about just multitudes getting healed. He healed everybody. I mean, crowds of thousands. But yet, the Bible only gives us examples of only 19. Now, there probably were more than 19, but it only gives us examples of 19. So that's what we have. But did you know out of the 19, 12 of them, Jesus specifically mentioned their faith. He said, your faith. So he connected it to their faith. In other words, help came to you because of your faith. Well, I thought help came because of God. Well, God's always ready to help. You know, if God had his way, how many know things would be different? Amen. You know, you'll hear people that preach what I call, I believe in the sovereignty of God, but people take it beyond what the scriptures teach. You know, God in His sovereignty gave us man authority to make choices. And when we make bad choices, we get bad things. And He doesn't have anything to do with it. And He's not up there controlling our individual lives. We can let Him in. And that, why, why does the Bible say as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God? That means you have to be led. Amen. And so... Um, you know, the, you know so, so, so the thing about God's sovereignty, I was going to say something, now I forgot what I was going to say. But anyway, we, you know, this thing about God's sovereignty is, is we have to realize that God wants people to have every blessing that He has provided. He wants everybody saved in Evansville tonight. There's not, a one, there's not one person walking the streets of Evansville tonight or living inside the city limits or anywhere on the earth for that matter that God doesn't want to get born again tonight. But that's their choice, right? Nobody's in hell because God said, I want you to go there. They went there because they, they made a bad choice or they made no choice, right? God, God's provided a way out. And when you read the book of Corinthians, it says he's not holding their trespasses against them. Now, what does that actually mean? Does that mean that everybody's automatically forgiven? Of course not. They have to accept it by faith. But as far as God is concerned, the price has been paid. He sent Jesus to pay the price for everybody's sin. He's got nothing against you. Come but be reconciled to God. Amen? You know, and that's, that's why the Bible says we have the ministry of reconciliation. Not the ministry of condemnation, but the ministry of reconciliation, which means no matter how bad you're living, right, God's, God's ready to accept you back. 
Amen. He's ready for you to be reconciled. But I mean, a lot of people think, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of unbelievers think that God wouldn't have anything to do with them. But Christ died for the ungodly, didn't he? And I want to tell you, there's some examples in the Word of God of people that qualified that got born again. Hallelujah. And there are some examples sitting in this church of people that qualified as ungodly and got born again. Amen. You know, I went to witness to a couple, a friend of mine one time, and, um, you know, they were getting ready. It was a Friday night or Saturday night. I can't remember, but they were getting ready. Him and another one of my friends was there at his house, and I went to his house to talk to this one guy specifically, and there were, there were two there. Praise God. Hallelujah. I was going for one and got two. Hallelujah. And so I go, I go, to, I go to talk to him, and, uh, and, and, you know, the one I go to talk to, He's like, you know, when I get my life cleaned up, I'm going to serve the Lord. And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. You don't get your life cleaned up without the Lord. The other guy got real receptive, and he's ready to receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And my one friend, you know, that's like, I'm going to wait till I get cleaned up. He talked, no, no, don't get saved tonight. We're going to party. Don't do it tonight. Can you believe this? And I'm like pleading with this guy, you know, give your life to Jesus Christ. I, I forgot this guy. I realized he, he's, not a, he, he's not a candidate tonight. But this guy, I honed in on him, you know. But thank God, eventually this guy over here, he did give his life to Jesus and, and became a Sunday school teacher in the church. So praise God. But my point is, his, his thinking was screwed up. I, wait, I got to get my life cleaned up. No, that's what you come to the Lord for. Amen. And, you know, we know that as we know that as church people that, you know, when people get saved, they got some cleaning up to do. And it's not our job to clean them up overnight. The Holy Spirit starts showing you things. Doesn't he? You know, he starts. He did me. He starts. And thank God he doesn't show you everything he needs fixed all at once. You'd quit. Now, we all we because we're mature. We see a lot of the things you need to fix, but we should keep our mouths shut and pray Amen. And let the Holy Spirit. Now, if you've been serving the Lord for 40 years, we're going to open our mouth on you right away. All right. But you're a young babe in the Lord. You've got to grow into this. Amen. I mean, I really thought, I really, and I'm not, I don't say this just to be funny. I've told you this before, but it's just accurate. It's just the truth. It's just how immature I was. It's just how I thought. I thought, God, you have really, when I got saved, I thought, God, you've really got something. Man, I have quit drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon. I quit smoking pot and all the other drugs I was doing. I quit all of that. I, I gave it all up. And I really thought, man, I have given a lot up for Jesus Christ. Now, that lasted for a little while. And then God said, you know, you need to fix this right here. Oh, my gosh, I got something else wrong with me. Yeah, your mouth. The way you talk to people. what The names you call people. Guess what? This, this year... Was uh, I don't know. Let's see. It's like 42 years I've been serving the Lord. Guess what? He's still telling me about things. I would have thought he'd fixed everything by now, but I guess uh, I'm in his way. How many of all what I'm saying? He's still working on things. We used to have a little girl get up and sing in church. She was like, uh, you know, she was like four years old, and she would sing this song. He's still working on me. To make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and stars, earth and the moon and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. And I'm thinking, yeah, you little four-year-old, you got a bad past. <laughs> but let me know, if, if God said, I want to meet your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I saw this one time. You know, there's a scripture, we've read it before, Malachi chapter 3, that talks about tithing. And it talks about what God will do for the tither. The blessings he'll pour out. I was reading that one day, and it hit me that four times when God talked about blessing the tither, He said, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, the, word, the Lord of hosts is a phrase that means the Lord of the angels, the angel armies. Now, how do we know this? Well, because the Bible talks about Psalm 148, it calls the angels God's host. Remember that? In Psalm 103, which we may look at that scripture if we have time tonight, it calls the angels God's host. 
in Genesis chapter 32, uh, it talks about, uh, I think it was Jacob, that he came to a certain place and the angels of God met him and he said, this is, the, this is God's host. Amen. Uh, Joshua saw a man with his sword drawn and he went over and said, are you for, on our side or are you on the enemy side? He said, I'm, not. He said I'm, I'm captain of the Lord of hosts. You better take your shoes off your feet. You're on holy ground. Well, he said, I'm captain of the armies of the angels. Don't you know that Israel, all the battles, all the victories they won, they didn't do that by themselves. There were supernatural things happening, supernatural beings that were helping them. Angels that were doing things to cause them to be victorious. That's why no man could stand before them as long as they obeyed God. As long as they had faith, nobody could stand before them because they had angelic help. But we have to, we have to expect their help. We have to expect God to intervene. Amen. So in Malachi chapter 3, God four times revealed Himself as the Lord of hosts. There's another scripture in Haggai chapter 2 where God talks about how the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former house. Now we think about glory. Woo! Glory to God, the anointing. Well, I believe it means that, but literally it means something else too because He said the silver and gold is mine. He's talking about money. In the latter house, He says, I'm going to fill it. Hallelujah. I've got a teaching on how in the last days God's going to finance the church to get the gospel out. Amen. The Bible says when this gospel is preached to all nations, then the end will come. And I got a real example of this one time when I was in a place in a foreign country. And Phyllis was with me on this trip. And we went, you know, had a little R&R at the end of the preaching, you know. And so we went to this remote village, you know. And we went back down on this river kayaking, this alligator, crocodile-filled uh, howler monkey river, you know. They weren't, the monkeys weren't in the river, but they were on the shore screaming at us. And um, Phyllis said, I never saw an alligator. Well, you don't want to see them. And, uh, but we went kayaking down that thing, you know, and, and we came back. And as we come back to this dirt village thatch hut now, I mean, that's what the people live in. Uh, this, is, this is their level where they're at. And so we stopped by the ocean, by the seaside, and there was a little hut over there where they fixed fish. You saw it on a grill or something, or over a hole or something in the ground or something. But anyway, uh, and it was good. She wouldn't eat it, but I, I ate it, you know, and I thought it was good. But, uh, but anyway, I, I'm, I'm here in this middle of nowhere, and I'm, I got a fish dinner, and I get a Pepsi. Hallelujah. I mean, it wasn't cold. There wasn't any way to cool it. It was hot Pepsi, but it was a Pepsi. And I thought about that. You know, I thought about, here we are. We're in the middle of nowhere, but Pepsi's here. They have evangelized the world. Really. You go over into some of the foreign countries. Some of you have been there. You go over in some of the foreign countries, you know, and, um, you know, you, you may not see uh, a lot of things, but you'll find Pepsi and Coke. I've actually never been to a place yet. I'm trying to think, make sure this is the truth. I can't really think of a place I've been to on the earth I couldn't get a Pepsi or a Coke. I remember one time working uh, with these uh, native people over there, and, uh, you know, we're outside doing some things, and, man, I wanted a Coke, and one of the guys named Carlos took off, and he went down this this path. It was like a, a bush path, a... Like through, like through wilderness type area, he walks and he's gone for a, a while. He's gone maybe a 20 minutes, a half hour, and then he comes out and he's got a Coke. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he knew where to go get it, man. It's in the earth. That's what God wants with the gospel. That every village, every place you go, you can get the gospel. Hallelujah. And I think we're just about there. But I think there's one final push that's going to happen before the Lord comes back. And God's going to finance it. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So uh, let's, let's look over at Psalm. Are you getting anything tonight? Let's look over at Psalm 103. I want to look at there and we're beginning winding down here in the book of Psalm. Book of Psalms. But let's go to Psalm 103. Because this is, this is a scripture we've looked at before, but it's really, really revealing when you think about it. Psalm 103, 
And uh, I, I want to read uh, verse 20 to start with. Do you got it? Verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, or your mighty in strength, that do his commandments. Listen to this. Hearkening unto the voice of his word. They listen, they act, they hearken. What, what gets them going is the, the, the word. And notice it, it doesn't say, it, this is really revealing. It says the voice of it. Wherever it's, how many know you can give voice to it, right? It says this specifically for a reason. It doesn't say that God, that God has to always speak his word. It says they just hearken to his word. That tells me that their voice activated. Right? What, are the, what, gets them, what gets them moving? The voice of His Word. What, what activates? Words activate them. That's just as plain as could be. Well, you can speak the Word. I can speak the Word. What, what's the word? What, you need to go find out what the word says about your finances and speak that over your finances instead I'll never make it, I'll never have enough, I'm going broke, I'm going to lose my house, my car, my cat, my dog, kids. You know, in the Old Testament, they repossessed your kids. Remember that, that story where that woman said, the creditor's coming, they're going to take my kids? They didn't take the car, they took the kids. I thought, well, they'll bring them back, praise God. <laughs> no, how many understand that uh, anybody that has the authority to, that speaks God's Word, angels hearken to God's Word. Now, I want you to think about this. Now, now listen, now hear me out. In the book of Daniel, the angel shows up to Daniel, and he says, I have come because of your words, Daniel 10, 12. And I've studied this out for years. I've got, listen, I've got scriptures, all kinds of scriptures. I can prove this to you from the Bible. But, but here's a powerful one. The angel told Daniel, he said, I have come because of your words. Now you might say, well, yes, Pastor, but that's the prophet Daniel. He was a really important person. Yes, he was. Amen. I agree with you. But did you know Jesus said the greatest prophet of all Anybody know who he said who, was the, who, who the greatest prophet was? John the Baptist. Jesus said, among women, there's risen no greater prophet than John the Baptist. Now, not because he did miracles. There's no recorded miracles that John ever did. But because he was the forerunner before the, for the Lord. He got people ready to receive the Lord. He prepared the ground for the coming of Jesus, his first coming. And he said, he's the greatest. He said, among, this is what Jesus said about him, right? He said, among women, there's not risen any greater than John the Baptist. Nobody. But then he wanted to say, he that's least in the kingdom is greater than he is. That's us, folks. What was he saying? When this New Testament arrives and people are born again, they're in a greater position than John was. That is powerful. But Jesus said it. So when you say, well, that was Daniel. Well, you know, sure, the, the angel came and he, because of Daniel's words. Listen, you and I, in one sense, are greater than Daniel. Well, maybe we don't have, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you don't, don't have as a, a powerful a life of holiness that Daniel had. I don't know. I, I really don't know. You got more righteousness than he had because you're the righteousness of God. But I'm just simply saying, Daniel was a committed man, I'm telling you that. They, they said, you can't pray, we'll throw you in jail. He went home and prayed three times a day. Opened the windows and did it. Didn't he? They threw him in the lion's den. He went to sleep on one of those kitties. Amen. Hallelujah. The, the king, remember the king, you know, the king didn't want him in there, but because he opened his mouth and said, anybody doesn't, you know, you know, worship, worship any other God but me, you know, he's, he goes to the lion's den. That's what you get for paying attention to other people. Uh, and he had to throw Daniel in. And then, but, the, the, but the king, he stayed up all night and fasted all night. I fast every night. <laughs> <It's a> big <laughs> deal. 
That's why they call it breakfast. You know, so the king, but he, you know, evidently this was not normal for him. You know, he, he didn't go get his, you know, like Pastor Chuck, his peanut butter crackers and milk that night. He is fasted and he prayed and he lamented, you know, and he came to the, he came to the den with a lamentable voice. Oh, Daniel, is your God whom you serve, listen to this, continually, you don't compromise, able to keep you. He said, oh, king, live forever. The Lord sent His angel and shut their mouths because before Him innocency, innocency, innocency was found in me and I didn't do you any harm either. I'm living right. I'm a faith guy. I'll tell you if you, want, if you want to succeed in your spiritual life, there's two things. If you just get these two things right, you're going a long way. Live right and be a faith guy or woman. You'll go far. Hallelujah. Amen. Just live right. Be a faith person. I don't say you have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect, but, but when you do make a mistake, you get up and you, you deal with it. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. So, so our words, what we say, am I telling you we order angels around? Listen, they hearken to the voice of God's word, not our word. But when we speak in line with the word of God, it is God's word. And, and the Bible says that, that Jesus told the church, he said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Well, how in the world do we bind things on earth? How would we lose things on earth? We just get a rope and tie things up? No, it's our words. So, so the church has to watch what it say because it activates heaven. It activates the angels. That's why there's certain things I never say over my finances. I just don't say them. I have it for you. I won't say that. I won't say that. I, I never say. And I'm not getting on to you for saying it. You, it has to become a revelation to you. You know, I don't push off my revelation on you. But, but I will put the Bible off on you, though. But I never say, I can't afford that. I never say that. I have not said that for years. You know why? Now, there may be some things that I don't have the money to pay for, but I'm not saying I can't afford it because if, if God wants me to have it, i got help. That's right. Amen. And I'm not looking to, I'm not looking to, to me to, to supply all my needs according to my riches in earth. I'm looking for His riches in glory. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. See, I, that, that's what happens if you get dependent on men, if you get dependent on the government, or you get dependent on l the things that just life can provide you. You cut out a valuable source, the riches and glory. I'm not, I'm not just bound by what naturally I can get out. I have to do my part. We, we said that. The Bible says God blesses the work of your hands. I have to do my part. But I'm not bound by my part. I've got God's part. That's way above my part. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. He's able to bring, He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Right? Amen. Now, all right. Let's finish reading this out here in uh, Psalm 103. He says, verse 20, Bless the Lord, ye His angels, that excel in strength, and do His commandments, hearkening unto the voice of His word. I hope you remember that. Their voice activated. Bless ye the Lord, all ye His hosts, ye ministers of His, that they what? They do His pleasure. Now let me say, before I deal with verse 21, let me say this. Did you know demons are voice activated too? The spirit world is. I've actually got a teaching on that called voice activated. And, and I talk about how the spirit world is voice activated. We ought to know that by the way God created everything. He did it by His voice. By faith-filled words, the worlds were framed. We understand by, by, we understand by faith that God, God framed the worlds with His words. Hebrews eleven three. So that just tells us, you know, people say God made the word out of nothing. The Bible doesn't say it. It said He made them out of His, own, His words. He spoke it in existence. So what is God's pleasure? Look at Psalm 35. The angels do His pleasure. Psalm 35, we're about to close. Psalm 35, you might want to look at Psalm 34 and then we'll close. But let's go to Psalm 35 first, then we'll go to Psalm 34. Psalm 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy, hallelujah, and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Let them say continue, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of of his servant. 
Wow, that's revealing, isn't it? Oh, I didn't think God was a prosperity God. Well, that's because you listen to people that don't read their Bible. God is. Uh, <laughs> he used to years ago. It was like, even in Pentecost, it was like a sign of spirituality, you know, if you didn't have anything, you know. It's, you know. Uh, and there are groups that take vows of poverty. That's their business. I don't, you know, I'm not, whatever. But that's not a biblical thing. If God was into poverty, my goodness, you, heaven wouldn't look like what it looks like. I mean, you read that description of heaven. I mean, gold, streets paved with gold, trans transparent gold. The gates, solid pearl. The stones the Bible talks about. Doesn't sound like a poor place. Now, we've got some things on earth that are kind of nice, but nothing like that. You know, we went to the, um, what was that church we went to out in California? Crystal Cathedral. How many remember the, when the Crystal some of you, the Crystal Cathedral was built before you were born, but when it was built, it was a magnificent structure out in uh, Orange County, California. I think it's Orange County, California. Well, we went into the Crystal Cathedral, you know, and it's an awesome place, really. I mean, there was like one section of the whole church. The, you know, I, I'm looking, I'm thinking, you know, because the, the church is made out of glass. It's a, it's a glass church. And uh, you, you definitely want to listen to Jesus and not cast any stones. Uh, but one whole section, I'm looking, I think, man, that looks really clear, you know. That's clear. And I'll go over and the whole wall is opened up to the outside. I mean, the whole glass is slid and it's just open to the outside. And, and it, it, you know, but not even close. That would be a dump in heaven. You understand? You say, well, you know, I see these houses. You know, sometimes you see some of the houses, you know, in certain parts of the area around here, and there's some nice places, right? I mean, I'm seeing some few million dollar homes were nice. Trash in heaven. Dumps. Amen. God, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. How I many think of Jesus was a carpenter, wasn't he? How I many think he built your place? It'd be really nice. Amen. So God has pleasure, what? In the prosperity of his servants. Well, I mean, we're not his servants today. We're sons and daughters. We choose to serve him, but position-wise, we're sons and daughters. Amen. One final scripture, Psalm 34, <coughs> verse 7. We're just talking about angels and provisions and how they can get involved in helping us with provision. But it takes your faith. You know, just because things look bad doesn't mean that's the end of things for you. Look at Psalm 34, verse 7. It says uh, this, The angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him, and he does what? He delivers them. Well, couldn't this mean financial deliverance? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I've had it happen. I've had it happen. I've had just supernatural financial deliverance in the ministries, especially. Uh, just supernatural financial deliverance. It can't be explained any other way than it's just supernatural. Just something supernatural happened. Well, angels get involved in deliverance. Hallelujah. So the angel of the Lord camps around about those of fear. How many fear God? Well, then you're a candidate for this, right? And he delivers them. So you could be in a place where I don't see any way out of this. I don't see any way out of this. Well, all right. So you don't see any way out of this. Uh, and maybe you don't. But God said, I make a way. Right. Hallelujah. And so sometimes maybe in the natural there isn't any way. But, but, but listen, God meets. We read the scripture, Philippians. He said, I'll meet your needs according to my riches in the glory realm. Not the natural realm. The glory realm. Hallelujah. You know, there's only so much down here, but up there it's unlimited. Amen. Now, what does it take from us? Well, I think, like I said, the main things that I see in the Bible when it comes to angels after studying the subject for many, 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 many years, the main thing I see about angels is you've got to get your words right. And you've got to live right. 
They don't get involved in rebellion. Have you ever wondered about this scripture? I'm closing this final, my final scripture I'm going to talk to you about. But, but you read a scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, and Paul is addressing customs in Corinth. He's not really talking about church customs because when he gets done addressing it, he says, if any man seemed to be contentious about what I'm saying here, he said, we have no such customs, neither the churches of God. Well, how many know if isn't Bible doctrine? Right. right? What he was doing in Corinth, you know, and you, you, so, sometimes when, when the gospel was preached, and it'd take a while to talk about this, but when the gospel was preached in some of those, um, f- what, the, what, what the Bible calls heathen nations, I mean, they had a lot of weird stuff. They had a lot. Sometimes we see things Paul says, and if you don't understand what he was preaching to, it doesn't have as much punch to it. But when you do a little study on how that city was and how immoral they was and their customs and things, he was speaking to them about this. And in Corinth, they had a custom that if, you know, that if a woman didn't wear a covering on her head, she was rebellious, right? And that's, what, that's the way they lived. That's the way they believed, you know. Um, and so Paul said, it, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 10. He said, the wife ought to have a covering on her head because of the angels. Well, that's a weird verse. What's that got to do with the angels? Well, here's the, here's the thing. Paul wasn't telling every woman's got to wear a covering on her head. He was saying, in your, in your, in your, in your custom, in, your, in Corinth, when that woman takes that veil off her head with her, you know, her husband, she's saying, I'm rebelling again. It was a sign of I'm rebelling. So it was true rebellion. Is anybody following what I'm saying? It was true rebellion. And Paul said, don't do that because of the angels. What's the angels got to do with it? Well, here's the thing. How many know a third of the angels did what? They rebelled. Right? What was Paul saying? He said, angels will not get involved in any kind of rebellion. They've seen it before, and if they see it, they will run from it. That's exactly what God said in Exodus 23 when He said, Obey His voice, provoke Him not, for He will not pardon your transgressions. Talking about the angels. That angel. Well, he's not saying the angels are unforgiving lot. You study that out. He will not pardon your transgressions. When you look at it, it just means He won't overlook it. You're going to get in sin. He won't overlook that and say, well, that's, you know, whatever. No, he's not going near it. He's not going to get caught in rebellion like the other third angels did. Amen. Does that make sense to you? So I see if in my teachings, you know, from teaching on this for years, man, have some faith about you, have the right words about you, and, and live right. Fear the, the angel of the Lord. Camp about those that fear the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And God can deliver you out of financial bondage. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.